talent your tithe. Okay, look at someone else and said, you, you have to bless the Lord with your time, your talent, your tithe. All right, praise God. You know, I love this scripture, uh, Psalm 34, when I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Is anybody in here like me where you sometimes you have to really um, remind yourself of this scripture based on what you're going through, based on what you're facing? We, we all, all of us in here every day face challenges. We deal with people we don't like. Can I get an amen? We deal with things we don't want to go through. Can I get an amen? That all the time, it's not easy being a smiling Christian. Will somebody be honest? That sometimes you really literally want to just give up and quit. Amen. You, you want to cuss them out. Praise God. You, you want to go off real quick. You want to speed up to that driver and flip them off. Pray. Okay. Listen. Listen. But guess why we don't? We don't because we will. We will. We will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord, meaning that no one is going to make me, no one is going to force me, no one is going to push me. I am going to tell myself that I will bless the Lord. Just like this morning when I wanted to stay in bed, come on somebody, and my alarm didn't go off yet and pastor texted me to wake me up and I was mad because I had five more minutes. Isn't it funny how we're mad about those five minutes? Like, that was going to make the difference in your day if you got the five extra minutes of sleep. But he texted me, woke me up, and I had to tell myself, I will roll out of bed. I will take a shower. Come on, somebody. I will put on my clothes. I will drive to church, and I will preach the gospel. I will. I made a choice, a conscious decision to bless the Lord. We as humans have the ability to to command our minds and tell our flesh what to do. I will bless the Lord. Matter of fact, if you're here right now and you're going through a tough time and you don't feel like you want to, let me tell you, you will bless the Lord at all times. You will bless the Lord at all times. And the best time to bless the Lord is when it's your worst time. Can I get an amen? The best time to open up your mouth and say, Jesus, I love you, I thank you, I praise you, I need you. The best time to say that is when you're at the worst time of your life. Something happens when you push against your flesh and tap into the spirit and say, God, I know things are bad. I don't have enough money. I'm out of patience. But God, you've been so good to me, I can't help but to open up my mouth and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. Not only will I bless you, but I will praise you. I will praise you because you are good. I will praise you because you are steadfast. I will praise you because you are a miracle worker. I will praise you because you make everything work out for the good. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be in my mouth. I will, I will, I will bless him. I will bless him. I will sing praises unto him. I will worship him in spirit and in truth. I will lay down before him and pray. I will prostrate and I will get in the presence of I will bless the Lord. I don't feel like it, but I'm gonna push myself to bless the Lord at all times. 
to bless them. I, I know what it's like to feel like I'm under so much pressure that I, there's nothing. I, I can't even see straight. Anybody been through that? Well, you're going through so much, you can't even open up your eyes and see. But I remember me driving myself to work, and instead of believing or hoping that I would be hit by a car, because sometimes we think if I go to heaven, it will be better. Can I get an amen? I'm talking about those low moments. The moments where you are like, I'll just go on to glory. But God said, no, there's a purpose and a plan for your life. You cannot die. You will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. And then I began to say, oh, God, I will. I will bless you. I will bless you. I will thank you. I will praise you. I will love you. I will push past how I feel. And I will tell my mouth, open up and say, give God glory. Lift your hands and give God praise. Anybody driving and lift up your hands and forget you're driving? Okay. Because God's so good, you start to think about his overwhelming goodness in your life. And something bubbles up on the inside of you where you can't help it because now the scales are off your eyes. You can see again all because you made the decision to bless the Lord. At all times. That doesn't just mean the good times or the bad times. It means at work, in the kitchen, in your bedroom, at the shoe store. Come on, somebody. Anybody find a good pair of shoes on sale and you, oh, bless you. How about this? When you're mad, I will bless the Lord. Anybody mad at somebody and we say, bless him, Jesus. You know that's code for I can't stand him, Lord. Bless his heart. Oh, he gets on my nerves. I hate him, but bless his heart. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless you. You know, the word tells us in Psalm 67, 1 through 2, it says, God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Anybody been in that season in your life where you can literally feel God shine his face, shining on you? I've had that happen to me where you, you just feel like God is pleased with you. It says, it says let, your, let your face shine upon us. Selah means to think about it. Verse 2 says that you may be known on the earth and that your salvation among all nations. God, that should be our prayer, church. God, be merciful to us and bless us. There's nothing wrong with asking God to bless you. There's nothing wrong with that. God, bless us. And, 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 and the psalmist isn't saying bless us so we can live comfortably. Sometimes we think a blessing is going to add comfort to our life. I'm, I'm a very blessed woman of God, but not everything's comfortable. Can I get an amen? amen. In fact, most of the time, it's pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> he, the word's not saying, bless me so I don't have to work anymore. We still have to go to work. If you don't work, you don't eat, right? You got to get there. Praise the Lord. He didn't, it, this isn't a lottery. We don't serve the lotto God, right? If you bless us, the first thing you do is quit your job. No, no, no. Well, if you can, praise him. But listen, it says, bless Bless Lord. He, he, he doesn't say, bless me, Lord, so people will be jealous of my life. Yeah, it feels good to drive up in the new car, and I, I get that. But that shouldn't be your drive in life, okay? All right? He doesn't say, bless me, so, I, so everybody else will think I'm successful. Because, you know, most successful people in, in public are struggling in private. Okay, so that's not why he's saying, bless me. Um, uh, the, the Hebrew word, bless, means to endue with power for success, prosperity, productivity, and longevity. When you say, God, bless me, you're saying, God, give me success. Give me prosperity. Give, let me be productive. 
And God, let me have longevity, meaning that there are no quitters in this place. I'm going to say that again. There are no quitters in this house. We, we, we do not quit. Quitting is not an option. We do not give up, okay? So we're saying, God, bless me. G- give me power for success. Everything we touch should succeed. I'm going to say that again. Everything we touch, should, you should have the mindset that everything you touch should succeed. Everything you put your hands to do shall be blessed. Listen, Pastor and I had to figure out how to make money because when you live in our society, there's, you don't make that much. We're not college graduates. I work for the police department. He worked for a ministry. But we needed to make more money. And believe me, we were tithers the entire time. But we just were always in that land of barely enough, right? And I can remember Pastor and I were driving home from church talking about our financial state because we just wrote another warm check for Church's Chicken. And I was tired of the warm checks. I wanted to actually know the check would clear. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you just get sick having faith for things. And, and so Pastor and I realized, deep revelation, we just had too many kids. We had five kids in six years. And for a family to, to, you know, for a family of seven to make it in America at that time, you had to make at least 84000 a year to, to not be below poverty line. We were at like 76000 a year. But when you have five kids, you know, they eat. You have to dress them. Then they get hurt. Man, stop getting hurt. Were you a mom like me, mad at the doctor? I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at you, sir. I'm mad at him because I told him to stay off skateboard. Now I got to get that copay, and I'm sure he's going to need a cast and prescription. So it's money. I'm adding up the money. (laughs) Kids cost, so we realize our kids cost. So 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 as we're thinking that, you know what? So pastor says this. I'm going to start another stream of business. I'm going to start. I'm going to start a suit business. And I said, okay, that's a good idea because you know we have connects to suits, and so so literally, my husband started a suit business out of the trunk of our car. Like, 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 and I'm talking Stacey Adams, y'all. Remember back in the day, those starburst suits that were turquoise and orange and pink and purple? With the long coat, not the short coat, the long coat. Cufflinks, ties. Come on. So, so pastor gets this. And so, so I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I, I believe, I believe that everything we do is going to be successful. Even with the suit business, had no idea, no knowledge of the suit business. We went and got ourselves trained, trained ourselves, went to the magic show in Las Vegas. For those that know retail, magic is where all the retailers come and you find out how much stuff really costs because it's all wholesale. Listen, I was mad because Oshkosh Bagosh, you know, for little kids, their, their, their overalls are like $2. You have to buy them in bulk of like 5000 but still. I, was, I said, how is this $2? Like I was really mad. I was, anyways, point is, we learn the business. We go through retailers, and clothing is the biggest ripoff, by the way. You should never buy anything that's not on sale. That was for free. So, so we, we buy it, and so we're turning them. We're selling them. We're turning them. We're selling them. And so Pastor was doing so well, he decides we're going to get a booth at the indoor swap mart. Y'all remember the indoor swap mart? And we got a little bitty booth. It was like $3.50 a, a month to have this booth. I got some paint. I painted it. I got it all nice and ready. And, and, and it looked like a shop. We even got a little bitty carpet to make it feel carpeted in there. And that, yes, and that little shoot, that suit shop was the best shop in the place. Why? Because anything we touch succeeds. Anything. Anything. 
And I had no idea that God was preparing Pastor and I to step out on faith to start a church. Isn't that amazing how God will allow you to do little things first? Let's see how they do with this little idea of some suits. And then let me grow that into actually having people in the house wearing suits. Come on. He, he works it out to where we knew anything we touched would succeed. And I'm sharing that story with you because I'm telling you, anything you put your hand to will be a success. Not one time did I say the shoot, the suit, it's hard to say suit. Not one time did I say the business wouldn't be successful. Not one time did I say we're wasting our money on shipments. Not one time did I say, no, I knew that if we put our hand to it and God was backing us, that there was no way it would not be successful. Why? Because God wants us to live a blessed life. He wants you to be endowed with power. He wants you to be successful in anything that you do. Listen, 3 John 1 and 2, one of my favorite scriptures. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospered. He wants us to live a successful life, a flourishing life, a thriving life, especially in financial areas. Can I get an amen? He wants us to have good things. Uh, Listen, the word tells us that he wants us to have longevity, that we should live a good, long life. And let me just speak this over a young person. If you keep on hearing the whisper of the enemy that you are going to die soon, the devil is a lie. You will live a long life. Let me just rebuke that voice in the name of Jesus. You're not going anywhere. You will live a good life in the name of Jesus. I just speak silence to that voice right now. That it is rebuked and the blood of Jesus is against you. You're not going anywhere too soon. We need you. God has gifts and purpose in you that you have not even tapped into. Stop believing that lie that your life is almost over. You will live a good life. You will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. You will get your 70 years plus 10. And with all this technology, it's probably plus 30. They are people living forever now, right? But I always tell my mom, if we get, like, way old, you know, like, it's like, um, it's a struggle old, just go ahead and let me go home. Okay. <laughs> Amen. But I'm talking 99. You know. Okay. We'll live a good long life. All those components of God is a blessing in our life. It's a blessing in our life. So we want to bless him. To bless the Lord simply means to do him good. What are we doing for him that's good? What what are we doing? When he blesses us, are we automatically saying, thank you, Jesus? Are we looking for the next blessing? Are we saying, God, I don't even deserve it, or God, this is it? Come on, I I know what it's like to be, you know, serving God for a long time, like for three months straight, you know? It's been 12 weeks. (laughs) And you get the blessing, and you're like, is that it? No, 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 no. You, you should never have that attitude. No, no, I, I, maybe that's just me and my personality, but earlier in my life, I expected stuff. And, and when I wasn't getting what I thought, I'm like, is that it? Like, like and then, 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 then you don't see the blessing. You, you don't, you don't, it, it took me a minute to understand that parking lot favor was a blessing. I, seriously. <laughs> and then one day, because I was like, God, I just, I'm never getting blessed. I'm never, just pulling right up to the mall. I'm never getting blessed. We're just pulling up, just, I, pull, I pull in, the car pulls out. I'm never getting blessed. And then God had to show me, here, I'm blessing you right now. So that's why when I always pray, God, thank you for the parking lot favor, because it's a blessing. It is, it's setting my shopping day up. <laughs> I, <laughs> thank you, God, for the, and you might think that's silly, but listen, the word tells us you got you to gotta praise him for the little, for he gives you the lot. Praise him for the little, for he gives you a lot. 
Let me tell you this, pastor is a man of God that deals, when he deals with money, he deals with thousands and millions. Like he doesn't deal with hundreds anymore. He deals with millions. He's dealing with budgets. So when he thinks of, of money, if you say, man, I believe in God for $100, he'll say, I believe in God for 100000 That's just where his mind is. And he had to grow into that, okay? You had to grow into that. You know, he, when, he, when he thinks of a lot of money to him, it's like $500 million, where before just $1 million, but then you start thinking about taxes. It's amazing how much you learn. Because it's, you know, you never, the, they'll kill you in taxes, y'all. But anyways, you start to switch. So, so pastor's mind is millions and hundreds of thousands. And so for the last three days, or two days rather, he said that he was walking down the street, saw a dollar bill. Yes. He picked up that dollar bill. God, thank you. Thank you for the dollar, Father. Thank you. Put it in his pocket, kept it moving. The next day, he's walking in the middle of the street, a dollar. He said, God, thank you. And I said, oh, God, I see what you're doing. Because your mind shifted to the millions. Will you still praise me for the one? Right? God, God, God is like, let me just check you a little bit. I know you're in this realm, but are you okay with the dollar? And I said, oh, baby, you keep that good attitude. Matter of fact, where's that dollar? Let's bless it. Because I know how God works. I know the other's coming. But until it gets here, I'm going to praise you for the dollar, the quarter, the dime, the 10, the 20. I'm going to praise you, God, because it still speaks of blessing. It's one more dollar than what I had. Come on, tell your neighbor, increase. It might be one more dollar than what you had, but it is short enough increase because it's more than what you had. So that's blessing, 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 blessing. But, but how do we do him good? How do we, listen, we, 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 people of God, we bless the Lord by doing good. Our actions should, should speak louder than our words. I'm going to say that again. Our actions should speak louder than our words. Yes, I bless you, and I praise you, and I give you glory, and you're everything to me. But really? Are your actions saying that? Are your actions saying, I praise you? Are your actions saying, I give you glory? Are your actions saying, I'll bless you at all times? No, sometimes we get so into ourselves that one day we say, well, bless the Lord, but then something doesn't go our way, and we're in the, church, in the bed under the covers. We feel like God has somehow abandoned us or let us down or broke our hearts. or, or so, like, 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 I wish we could understand process better as a body. That there's processes that have to happen and occur that God is absolutely testing you. I'm going to say that again. He's absolutely testing you. I'm going to say it one more time. He is testing you. Can you still be faithful in the middle of a storm? Can you still be faithful when you're not seeing fruit? Can you still be faithful when no one likes you? Can you still be faithful when your praises don't seem to be hitting the ceiling? Can you still be faithful when you didn't get the blessing? Can you still be faithful when you didn't get the check? Can you still be faithful when you didn't get the job? Can you still be faithful when you didn't get the promotion? Can you still be faithful? Of course the answer is yes. But to bless the Lord, praise him at all times, bless him. We should all feel the need to bless the Lord. After a season of serving God and giving your life to him, and understand, I realize that need pushed us all here to church. Need. It was I needed something. I, I need to feel God. I need to hear God. I need God in my life. There was a void in all of us before we got saved. There was a need. Something drove us to, to, to need God. Isn't it interesting that you don't know what you need unless you had it before? Which explains us, before I knew you, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. We all had a relationship before we got here. That's where that need comes from. Because you know what you're missing. If I don't know you, I don't know what I'm missing. But because we once knew him, 
We know what's missing. So we need, we need God. And as we grow in that, and we need you, we need you, we need you. At some point, you should say, God, what do you need from me? What do you need from my life? What, 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 what do you require? What can I do to please you, Jesus? You know, what do you need from me? In a relationship, it should be give and take, right? Come on, husbands and wives. It should be give and take. My God in heaven, if you need me to show you some love, I need you to take out the trash. Okay, for women, if you need me to take care of our finances, I need you to stop shopping. <laughs> okay, and not everybody's... If, if you need some loving, man of God, I need you to act like you need some loving. Before we get in the bed and the covers are up. Like, work on that through the day. Okay, just a little. Praise the Lord. Y'all, get, y'all that are married, get it. And some of y'all that are single, get it. But don't get it. Don't do it. <laughs> I need you, I need you, I need you. In a relationship, a healthy relationship, there is a give and there's a take. So sometime in our spiritual life, you should feel an emptiness of, God, what do you need from me? I'm not just here walking this earth without purpose. I'm not just here walking this earth without passion. Jesus, what do you need from me? And then the Lord says this, I need your time, your talent, and your tithe. I need your time, your talent, and your time. You all know time is valuable. Come on, time is money. Can I get an amen? amen. We, we hate to waste our time. That, that's why time is spent, because it's valuable. Man, there's nothing worse than wasting your time on something or realizing you spent all this time and it was wasted because once time is gone, you can't get it back. Isn't that kind of scary when you think about it? That moment you have, you cannot get it back. That, that's why Pastor and I are very big about moments. We've learned in our family that when, when we're having, like, a good time and there's something happening, and, like, like, for instance, there was a holiday this past Monday, and, and we always say drama-free, right? Enjoy your family, enjoy whatever, and if you're working, get that money, right? That's what we always say. So here we are, and, and so time, a day off is valuable. You have to treat it with caution, what are we going to do today? How, how are we going to interact? We're not going to waste our time arguing and waste our time not talking to each other. We're going to care about the moment because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And sometimes we think that's with stuff. No, he's there to steal your time, to steal your money. Your time is money. Time is money. Time is money. It's valuable. So, so here it is. Um, a case study in 2015 showed this. The average American spends 4.7 hours a day on their phone, like throughout the day. Not all at one time, but throughout the day, 4.7 hours is spent on the phone. And I, I love my phone. I thank God for my phone. Am I by myself? I, I, te- technology is amazing. I, listen, do you remember, parents, when you used to live, leave your kids at home by faith? Remember, there was no cell phones, remember? And when you left for four hours with all the kids, ages six, five, four, three, two, and one, like me, and you, left, and you said, don't answer the door, don't answer the phone, don't cook nothing, stay still, watch this DVD, or not even DVDs, watch the VCR. <laughs> and you would go to work, and by faith, everything was all right. It scares me the moments I used to live my kids, by faith. Because now I can text. Now, oh, God, thank you, Jesus, for FaceTime. Not only can I hear you, I know exactly where your butt is. Praise the Lord Jesus. I can, oh, and don't, and don't forget, find my iPhone, that app, which I call Find My Husband. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. The technology that we have 
today, where, where you can, we, we, we have technology in our hand. We can, um, we can find out where you are, find out what you're doing, find out what's posting, find out what's trending. Are you like me and you hear somebody's name you haven't heard before and automatically you get your phone at Wikipedia just because you don't know who it is? You know, you can seek so much in your phone and it's 4.7 hours a day. We spend literally seeking in our phone. All seeking means is to find out to find out about it. But here, the word of God tells us in Matthew 6, and you know where I'm going. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto him. And this scripture is actually talking about needing food, needing clothes and all this. It's a great scripture, but I'm taking it to match my little story about the cell phones. Seek God first. Where would we be if we spent 4.7 hours seeking Jesus? I mean... If, if we would just take time out and spend that much time in our word, what a powerful church we would be. How do we, how do we seek God? Through prayer. We, we got to seek him through prayer. And, and listen, prayer and thoughts are different. Sometimes I think as Christians we get into a thinking that if you think upon God or think about things, that, that you're, that's not praying. Praying is, a, a prayer is a petition. A prayer is an asking. It's not a thought. It is, it's taking time. Matthew 6, 6 says this, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. So this God is showing, God is saying, we need to find time, carve out time, find a place, shut the door, shut everybody else out of your world, and pray to the father. Listen, your time will not be wasted when you pray to God. Your time is spent wisely when you pray to God, when you take time out of your schedule and make God on a part of your schedule and you shut everybody else out. I'm talking the phone, the TV, the people, even the kids. Those kids will be fine. Remember, leave them by faith. Shut your door. I, I tell you, they're, they're, you it's amazing. I, I can remember going through life wanting answers and not knowing, not sure of the future because women, we want stability so bad, don't we? Women, we just want stability. We just want to know what's going to happen, right? I, I used to tell my husband, listen, I can handle the lights being shut off and us having no water, but can you just tell me that we're going to be out of water so I can be proactive and get some water bottles from the, come on, somebody. Let me get the jugs from the store, bro. I can do without water for a couple of days. Done it before. I know how the toilet works. You fill it up with the water, flush it, and do, come, hey. I know how it works. But I don't like the surprise. Just tell me. But listen, sometimes as women, we want an answer, so we, we worry and we stress and we, we yell and we scream and we call around people. And the whole time the Lord is like, will you just seek me? Will you just spend time with me? And one minute with Jesus can make a miracle happen in your life. Come on. One minute with the Father can change everything in your life. The answer that you're looking for can be downloaded into your spirit in a second and then you leave that prayer closet strong and empowered and you're no longer worried because God showed up in the room all because you took time you were seeking him you were seeking him and don't, don't get me started about worship oh my gosh have you ever been driving the car and you feel kind of heavy and over you know heavy and you're just not and, and the radio's not on but there's nothing and you're just kind of heavy and then the Holy Spirit's like will you just worship and then you begin to sing out songs. 
song, how about a new song, a song you never heard before, just God, you're good, you're faithful, Father, there's none like you, Jesus, and you begin to kind of convince yourself through your own song that it's going to be all right, and you, God, you made a way, you did it before, you'll do it again, come on, no weapon formed against, you start singing these songs that we sing, you know, won't he, you know, won't he do it, yes, he will, you know, I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour, I need you, oh, God, come on, I need, I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour, I need, bless me now, my Savior, I come to, when you start to sing songs, Songs like that before you know it because you spent time worshiping God. He shows up, and when he shows up, all the problems dissipate. All your issues leave. All your worries go out the window. All because you took time out to worship God. I'm talking get on your face and worship God. I'm talking that desperate worship where you got that ugly face and that nasty cry. And you're tone deaf and it sounds terrible. But the angels are rejoicing because they're saying, oh, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're worshiping you, God. You are worthy, King. Worship is coming out. It takes time. Tell your neighbor it takes time. It takes time. Make time. Make time for Jesus. You all made time to come to church today, and I commend you. But how many of those you know that are going through desperate places in their life and will not take time to come to church? Listen, there's power in here. There's power in this room. Matter of fact, grab your neighbor's hand right now and say, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm not going to let you go. You're going to get through this. If God be for you, who can be against you? I will not let you fall. I will not let you slip. I am here with you right now. We are more than overcomers. Come on. See, already there's a charge in the room. There's a charge because we're speaking victory. My God, we're stronger together. And just think if the whole body was connected, there's nothing we could not do, people of God. But it takes time. That right there took time. I dare you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You get your teenage child this week, and you take time to hold their hand, and you speak life over them. You know, raising teenagers is no joke. You know what's worse? Because they think they got the answers. And you kind of want to punch him in the face like you don't know. I can say that because I have a son at that age. I want to punch you in the face. You don't know the answer. We're not all wrong. You are not the right one. You are seven freaking teen. Can I get an amen in this house? But instead of getting frustrated, grab that hand and you say, look at me. Come on, now you're using authority. Because kids these days, because they're on their phones, have a hard time looking. Because they're on their phones. Look at me. I'm your mother. I know what's best for you. And I speak blessing over your life. And this rebellious spirit is rebuked in Jesus. Look at me. This rebellious spirit is rebuked in Jesus. Look at me. In Jesus' name. And you will become the man of God you are destined to be in the name of Jesus. And you will serve God. And you will worship God. And you will love God with your whole heart. 
Now get out this car and get your butt to school. You better not get in trouble. That's taking time. You don't give up. Take the time. Remind them who they are. You almost died in my womb. And that's because there's purpose. The devil's been after you since before you were born. But God has something great for you. And you're going to tap into it in the name of Jesus. I don't care what anybody says. There is a purpose and a plan for your life. And without Jesus, your life will be empty. Start telling your teenager that. Without Jesus, your life is empty. Your words are powerful, parents. But it takes time. It takes time to be like, I'm sick of talking to him. It takes time. They're not going to listen anyway. It takes time. They're going to do their own. Don't we, don't we do that with teens and then hope they find their way back? No, parent, take time and speak life. Your time is valuable to God. Your time, tell your neighbor, it takes time. We bless the Lord with our talents. We bless the Lord with our talents. Each and every one of us has talents in this place. We all have giftings and talents. I'm not talking just singing. Sometimes, especially within our demographic, we think talent is just singing, dancing, athletics. But we're more than athletes. We're more than singers. And we're more than dancers. I'm just saying, it's just a demo, it's an expectancy. People see you, I know you can dance. Really, I can't. Well, actually, I can, but you know. Pastor can't dance. And pastor's a cool dude, but he cannot dance. It's weird, right, Mariah? When he dances, it's weird. It's almost like just get back on the wall with your red cup. Because so, so there's more talent. There's, there's, we have talents, people of God. We have talents. When I talk about talent, I'm talking about, um, do you know the Bible says there's a gift of administration? That that's a spiritual gift. For you to run an office and do it, it's a spiritual gift. There, there are some of you that know how to connect with people. That's a talent. You, you keep your family together. That's a talent. You have skills and, and you're, you're a problem solver. That's a talent. You know, you have a way to calm people down. You can exhort and build people up. Those are all talents. And God gives us each and every one of us a talent to build his kingdom. It's for his purpose and for his glory. But when we sit on the talent, God is concerned we are to be good stewards over our talents. Can I get an amen? amen? In Matthew 25, 14 and 30, there's a large, long parable about the, the talents. How God, well, it's, it's, it's a parable, y'all. So it's how God explaining how the kingdom of God works. That there is a master or a ruler that gives three workers talents. Some five, some two, some one. Okay? According to their gift, according to their ability. I love that. It's according to your ability. Man, I, I'm, I'm a pretty talented person. I, I know my talents. You should know your talent. I'm pretty, I, I can write music, I can write stories, I, can, I, can, I could sing, but it's coming back since my surgery, praise the Lord. Not, not sing to win a contest, but I can hold a note, praise the Lord. You know, I, 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 can, I can decorate, I can design, I can, I, I have a lot of talents. I can even draw if you press me, I can draw something. I, I'm, I'm talented, I have a lot of talents. But if I'm not doing any of those talents to give God glory, it's useless. And it's pitiful, Right? Listen, Thomas A. Edison said this. He said, if we all did things we're all capable of, we would literally astound ourselves. Which tells me we don't do all that we're supposed to be doing. God came back and said, listen, I gave you these talents. To the five, the man who got five, he multiplied it. He multiplied it. And God told him, good job. 
Okay, God wants you to multiply your talent. When, when, you, when God has given you a gift, it's not for you to hide it from the world because you're embarrassed. It's for you to multiply the talent. And then the other guy, he multiplied his two, even though he only had two. It was multiplied. And the master said, this is good. But the one guy who buried his talent, and if you read the scripture, the one that hid it said, I knew you to be a hard man, and I was afraid of you. Isn't that amazing, the attitude? That when God gives you a talent, you hide it away because you don't even know the God you serve. Our God is not a hard man. Our God is a blessed Savior, full of grace and mercy. He's not a mean God. He's a loving, kind God. And he gave you that gift so you could expand the kingdom of God. The, the gifts come from that. And listen, Proverbs 18 and 16 says this, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great, great, uh, great men. A man's gift makes room. Your gift makes room. Your gift makes room. Your gift gives an opportunity for God to be blessed. That's the purpose of your gift, no matter where you're doing or where you're working. Listen, I remember my, my father um, who taught me at four years old how to play the piano and encouraged me to write my own music. And I thank God for that musical foundation because he had no idea he was part of God's plan. But he encouraged me to get on the piano, write your music, and he would tell me, you're learning good. It's good that you're learning, but write your own. And he would push that. No Jesus mentioned, but he would push that in my life. Write your own, write your own. So it was in me, I found the ability to create to create music, to write songs. My first song I wrote when I was five years old, it was called Peanuts and Popcorn. <laughs> and I think it's hilarious it was about food. <laughs> the struggle had begun, y'all. Anyways. <laughs> so as time goes on, time go, goes on, I'm, I have this gift, I have this talent, I have this talent, and then, then, then I had no idea what God had in store for it. I thought it was just to maybe go to college, which I did have a scholarship to college. I was proficient in classical music. I thought somehow that was going to be kind of the way I got through school, although I wanted to be a newscaster, praise the Lord. Still kind of am, amen. But so, so, so it was my gift, it was my gift, uh, and the gift makes room. Then, then at my lowest point in my spiritual walk, I began to use my talent as a way to communicate to the king. And I would write music and write songs to myself while my baby slept on the bed on the, as I was fighting roaches off of them. And I'm not kidding. I'm worshiping God with one eye open, praising God, just saying whatever comes out of my mouth, making up stuff, making up songs, songs to heaven, songs to glorify God. And I'm thinking, oh, God, this is so beautiful. This is amazing. I mean, this is a wonderful thing. Surely this isn't just for me. There must be a path, a way this is going to become. And I would sing to God. and I would sing to him and sing to him and sing to him and sing to him and sing to him. And one day God made room. He made room. He makes room. Don't ever think you're wasting your time, David. Wasn't he the one that was a shepherd boy that worshiped God privately? Wasn't he the one that was able to calm the king down because of his worship? <laughs> There's power in what we do, women of God, men of God. Listen, work diligently. God is watching you, and he will cause you, your gift, to make room and bring you before great men. Do you believe that? So bless the Lord with your talent. Bless the Lord with your talent. Bless the Lord with your tithe. With your tithe. Come on, tell your neighbor the tithe works. How many of you believe that? I, I love it. I love when I'm in the room of tithers. When you're in the room of tithers, they love, the, listen, tithers love the tithing message because it reminds you of what's to come. It's exciting to know that I've invested in the kingdom and it sure enough will come back to me. 
But bless the Lord with your tithe. Do, uh, Malachi 3 and 8. Will a man rob God? I love that scripture because most preachers read it like with, will a man rob God? And you're scared. <laughs> yet you have loved me. Or let, oh, sorry. Let you, yet you have robbed me. And then you say what? In the tithe and the offering. Yes, the tithe belongs to God. It belongs to him. It's his. 10% is his. It's his. 10%, it's his. Anytime you get anything, 10% is his. You get a dollar, a dime belongs to God. It's easy when you think on dimes, isn't it? Think of dimes if you struggle. God gets a dime off the dollar. He taught, he's a, listen, and, and listen, this is the thing. He rebukes the devourer for your namesake when you tithe, right? And he blesses the ground you walk on when you tithe. And you might be here, well, tithing is an Old Testament principle, but so is honor your mother and father. So is do not commit adultery. Hello. So is do not steal. Remember those commandments? Which makes me laugh to think that God had to get us to write those ideas out for us. Think about that. Let me write it down so y'all don't steal and commit adultery. <laughs> Let me write it out. Because naturally is what we would want to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our selfish nature kicks in, and we don't want to give the 10%. It's an Old Testament concept, but it still works today because, listen, God blesses the 90. He blesses the 90. Now, isn't it amazing when you're out shopping and you see a sale, and it says 50% off. That's exciting, right? 75% off. Come on, we'll even go 33%. Can I get an amen? Like, it's, in the red, it's in the red, so it looks special, 33% off. When have you ever went shopping and there was a sign in the window that said 10% off? When have you ever got something and someone says, I'm going to give you 10% off, and you say, oh, praise the Lord. In your mind, you're thinking, you might as well keep that little bit. <laughs> what, how is this $2 going to help me at this point? I spent that on gas to get here. But isn't it amazing as a consumer, it's not a lot, but as a giver, it is. We should think about that next time. It's not that much. It's not that much. But when you give, God multiplies the seed. Am I having witnesses to that? Yeah. Let me say this. I understand what it's like to struggle with giving. I loved God. I loved Jesus with my whole heart. I, listen, God had done miracles in my life. The man that I prayed for to come to church was not just in church, but serving the Lord. It was, was even preaching on Sunday nights. I mean, God was doing great things in our life. And I loved the Lord, but anytime it came to giving and I saw him reach in his pocket to get the money out, something demonic would come through me. Like a chill of no. And right away I would remember, okay, we have no food at the house. And we only have this little bit of money to last us for the week. And I would really, in my mind, fight. I would be so mad. And, and Pastor was such a cheerful giver. He was happy to do it. And I'm like, I know this Negro knows we have no money at the house. You know, I'd be like, I know he knows. Like, on the way to church, we had the discussion of how, what, what, what we didn't have. Because I knew when we got there, he was going to so give so freely. And I promise you, as a wife, I hated it. I got upset about it because, you know, as mamas, we know the budget. We know what it takes to stretch for the week. Come on, ladies. We know that I do need $76 to go to the grocery store for two weeks. I'm getting potatoes. I'm getting rice. Come on. 
I might get the little powder gravy. I'm going to get some milk. I'm going to get some eggs, some tortillas, because I'm from Arizona. Praise the Lord. You got to have some tortillas. Come on. So, so you know, I, I know how to make it stretch. Ground beef only. We are not getting chicken. Because that was just the reality of our world. And so I'd be mad that he would give, and I'd be mad that he would tithe. And I knew what the word says about rebuking the devourer, and I knew that God would bless you. But sometimes in your walk with Christ, you're sitting there waiting for the blessing to come, and you hear people, God's going to bless you, and you're like, really? God's going to do it. You're like, when? Won't he do it? I don't know, really. I'm just being honest. I'm not sure. So we, pastor and I, serving in church, working hard, tithers, givers, we are at our last woman of God. I'm not talking I have a can of pinto beans and a potato because we can make something, right? I'm talking we had nothing in our house, nothing. I think we had a can of cranberry sauce from like four years ago, you know? We have nothing. I'm talking, I'm not talking nothing like baloney. I'm talking nothing in our house. And of course, you're believing God for a miracle, right? You're believing God. But the miracle we thought didn't come through the night before. So I wake up, there's nothing in our house. And the kids are up. And remember, you got to feed them. So they come, mom, we're hungry. And I want to be like, me too, but I didn't. So, so, so I go outside, I go outside, I told them to watch TV, I go outside, and I sit under a tree in my front yard, and I cry, I cry. This wasn't a cry of, God, you're good. This wasn't a cry of, God, you're going to do it. This is a cry of, God, where are you? I've been giving to you, God. You know that song, we've been sowing, we've been, there's no rain, it's a drought. And I'm crying, God, I don't want to say you didn't do it, but kind of you didn't. I don't want to say you're not a promise keeper, but I'm wondering. And I'm sitting under that tree, and I'm crying, and I'm crying. And Miss, you know, inquisitive Mariah walks out. Mommy, what's wrong? Because Mariah was my talker. Mariah talks, believe it or not, she was a talker. She talked so much, I would play games with her. Mariah, let's just see how quiet you can be. And if you can just not talk... (laughs) And I said, no, baby, I'm fine. Go inside, honey, you know. Because I, 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 as a mom, I always knew not to let my kids see my lack of faith. That's a word for somebody. Your kids don't need to see your lack of faith. Even when their daddy wasn't home for weekends and I didn't know where he was, daddy was working. They thought daddy worked a lot. <laughs> so I'm sitting under the tree and I'm crying and I'm crying. And I'm, God, where are you? God, where are you? God, where are you? I don't know. I just, I have no food. I'm like, God, I have, like, come on, I have no food, Jesus. I'm not, forget, forget the praise words. We have no food. And I'm not going to go to my mom and dad because they are not my source. You're my source. Where are you? So I cry and I go in the house and I'm kind of just walking slow because I know I have nothing to make. The phone rings. And I didn't want to answer it because, you know, when you're low, you don't want to be like, you know, because then you might have to be happy, and then now you're a liar. So the phone rings, and I pick it up, and there's a woman of God that I went to church with, and she said, Kelly, how are you? And I'm like, oh, you know, blessed and highly favored. You know, blessed and highly favored. 
what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Just, you know, looking for, no, <laughs> figuring, you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to feed these five kids, but nothing. And she goes, God told me to call you. I've been praying. God told me to call you. God told me to ask you, what do you need? And you know what I did? What any strong Christian woman would do? Nothing. I'm good. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit told me, call you. What do you need? Again, I, I, you know what? I don't need it. Pray for me. You know, because, you know, you got to be the, because I was a minister's wife, you know. Nothing, nothing. She goes, Kelly, no, come on. God told me you have any. What do you need? And I said, we don't have any food. And it was so hard for me to utter that out because I'm the strong woman of God. But I said, we don't have any food. She goes, great, I'll be right over. So I hang up the phone, and I'm like wanting to rejoice, but now my pride's in the way. Come on, y'all. Can I just be real? You know, it's amazing. We'll pray for God to do it, and then pride kicks in, and you're like, ah, you know. And so she shows up three hours later. Let's not complain about the delay, amen? Delay is not be denied. (laughs) She shows up three hours later with bags and boxes of food for my family. And I'm talking not just hamburger helper, although we thank God for that. I'm talking like real stuff, like name brand vegetables, cereal in a box, not a bag. Come on, somebody. I, I'm, I'm talk, not, not just chicken wings, chicken breasts. Come on, that's a luxury. Chicken breasts, meat, potatoes, rice, cheese. Come on, somebody. Cheese. And then, and then she, she overdid it and brought toothpaste and toilet paper and deodorant and I didn't want to tell her we were almost out of toilet paper we were using a square at a time y'all but she brought the toilet paper the toothpaste the deodorant and I sat there and hugged her and cried because she had no idea and then of course I told her how desperate we were how desperate we were and then I hear the Holy Spirit the tithe the tithe the tithe causes men to give unto your bosom When you have seeds sown in the ground and you say, God, where are you? I need you to show up. When you can boldly say, God, I am a giver and I sow to you. Father, I need you to move on my behalf. Listen, your 10% works. Tell your neighbor it works. Matter of fact, if you're here right now and you've been giving to God, you haven't asked to return, stand up right now because we're going to speak an anointing of prosperity over your life. If you've been a sower, Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you reach down to your people, Father. You know what they have sown into the spiritual ground. And we ask right now by your spirit that you send prosperity into their lives. Father, I thank you for a supernatural release in the name of Jesus. God, we have been sowing to you, God, by faith, Father. Now answer us, God. With a return. God, we thank you for the harvest. We thank you for increase. We thank you, God. We thank you, Father, for your financial anointing that is coming in this life. We will not be broke another day in our lives. Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Come on, give God praise.